Well, glory. Tonight's our last Wednesday night of this year. I'll no longer be with y'all on a Wednesday night in 2019. Next Wednesday be Christmas. The next Wednesday following will be New Year's Day. And the next time we meet on a Wednesday night, it's going to be 2020. Sounds George Jetson-y, doesn't it? 2020. So I want to share something with you tonight that I don't know how the Lord's going to put all this together, but uh, just kind of sharing with you about what I think, what I'm looking for in 2020. And uh, so get your Bibles out and go to the Gospel of Mark. Mark's Gospel, chapter 9. You know, it's funny because... For, for years, you know, we always called all the, the support that we send to Mexico, to Sister Annie, you know, the, having 20, we call it the 2020. Years ago, I started $20, and then we started $30 for the orphanage, but $20 because it was 2020 perfect vision. And, you know, we've been doing this for, for you know, a long time. And uh, so coming to 2020, my first thinking was is that God was going to be saying something to us about Vision, you know, so I've been praying about the vision, 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 you know, because I'm thinking 2020, 2020, guys, you know. And, you know, I've learned in, in following the Lord that whenever I don't hear anything, then I'm looking in the wrong direction. You know, if I'm praying about something and I just don't hear anything, then God's wanting to say something else. And so, so I kind of got off of that and gave up on the 2020 because I could say, hey, man, Lord, I can pull my old notes up, you know, on this. And, man, we can go. Cause... But uh, uh, so anyway, I, I just have a little bit of something I want to start sharing with you tonight. Here in the book of Mark, chapter 9, over in verse uh, 2. It says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. Now, that word transfigured there, it means to be changed. It's the word that we get metamorphosed from. Okay, so he was literally metamorphosed like, I don't know, right? All we can read is the, the, the scriptures. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white, like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. Okay, so that's what we know about how, how the, dis- the disciples described what happened to Jesus. Okay, now what's funny about this is that I think a lot of times our minds, it like, you know, like our minds kind of just take things like that that we read and just like, you know, it was Jesus, and he was transformed, and and we don't we don't know how to relate to it because we've never seen anything like that. I mean, if if right now I was just looking at David here, and all of a sudden, you know, his clothes just became shining white, and he started glowing. I mean, we'd we'd probably be getting out of here, right? Thinking, man, he got too close to some electricity today. He's got radiation, or he's glowing. Man, we start freaking out and running off, right? I mean, I would. I don't know what y'all do. I wouldn't go up to him and say, Dave, you okay? You know what I mean? I mean, he's like, whoa, you know, something's not right. And so just imagine, put yourself in their, in their shoes. 
Here, uh, uh, the disciples, the three of them are there, and they're looking and they're just seeing Jesus transform. Okay, so let's think about some things. Jesus was in an earthly body, right? He was God in Jesus, but he, was, he, had, a, he had a set of lungs and a heart, kidneys, stomach. He ate, right? He drank, he walked, he talked. He was human, yet something happened. So my question is, is that if that happened to Jesus, could it happen to you? But we write it off, our minds write it off, because we're like, yeah, but it was Jesus. You know, this is like Twilight Zone kind of stuff. I wonder if the younger generation even knows the Twilight Zone. I might have to change my verbiage. But you know, right? It's mystical. It's woo, you know, Twilight zone kind of stuff. It's not, we don't think about that. I was out there praying the other day, and I just was transformed. Clothes became white. We don't think about that. We don't say that. You don't hear testimony of that, right? But my point is, Jesus was human, yet this happened to him. And then what happened to him? He got transformed, and let's read on what it says here. And then, so something happens, because verse 4 says, Elijah appeared to them. With Moses. Now, how did they know it was Elijah and Moses? Name tags. <laughs> Heavenly name tags. It was on their official robe of righteousness. I like that. We'll preach that. Dr. Brown came on there. Well, you get it with your new name and your new name tag in heaven. David. Okay. Honestly, how did they know? He was talking with him. He could have. Jesus could have said, uh, <clears throat> this is Elijah and Moses. Because, see, they had never seen Elijah and Moses. It's not like they said, oh, that was like the picture. You know, that looks just, I mean, like, y'all with me? You know how the pictures of <laughs> Jesus? And you say, oh, that must be Jesus. I saw his picture. You know, well, they never saw a photo of Moses or Elijah. What did he say? What was that one? Is that Charlton? No. Are y'all following me here? I'm just trying to get you to think about this whole situation. Here they are. They're just normally walking up the mountain. They think they're going to go to prayer. Next thing they know, Jesus, whoo, he's on, he's white. They're backing up. Moses, Elijah comes walking up. They know it's somehow who it is. They're talking to him. Now, where, where did Moses and Elijah come from? Okay, you know, just looking at some theology here. Jesus has not been resurrected, so he hadn't gone to hell and paid the price for him. So they had to have been in Sheol. Huh? Bosom of Abraham, Sheol. They weren't in heaven as we know heaven today because heaven wasn't open then because Jesus hadn't paid the price. So they came from somewhere. Appeared. Now, they must not have been like a wisp. You know what I mean by a wisp? You know, like a wispy ghost kind of, because you wouldn't recognize them. So they're in physical form. I mean, I, 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 my mind, as I began to read through this, just went crazy. You know, I began to think, can you imagine the conversation that the disciples had? And they're like, I 
think the little short fat one over there is Elijah. You know? The other one looks like Moses would look. You think it's Moses? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, just imagine the conversation they've had. So they're seeing this go on. And then Jesus turns to them. So they're talking with Jesus. So they're hearing the conversation. And if you look over <coughs> in, uh, I think it's Luke 9, given the story, he says a little more. It says in, in verse Luke 9.31, when they're talking about the same thing about the transfiguration, he appeared in glory and spoke of, of his decease, which was about to accomplish Jerusalem. So they're having conversation about Jesus' death and resurrection, or his death in Jerusalem. So they're talking some pretty serious matters, right? And so it says, and, and Peter answered and said, Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Because he did not know what to say. <laughs> so he's just talking trash because he don't know what to say. It feels good. I like it here. President God here. You want us to build three tabernacles for y'all? Because he didn't know what else to say. And he feels like he needs to say something. You ever been in that awkward situation where you feel like you need to say something, but you don't? I was in a meeting the other day, and I just loved it so much because I was in the meeting for basically one technical question. And so I sat in this meeting, and everybody's there, and I just sat there, and I just watched everybody and just looked at people, and just looked across the table, just drinking my coffee, and just looking, and never said anything. And I started realizing how nervous I was making everybody. Because they're all thinking, what's he thinking? What's he doing? Because I wasn't involved in the conversation. I just was sitting there watching, just looking. Just looking at this guy, looking at this guy, looking at that. So everybody's getting nervous. So finally they couldn't stand it. Finally said something. Well, what, what do you think? You know, what do you? I said, I only have, I'm only here for one question. You know, so when y'all get to it. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just going to sit here and make y'all nervous. You know, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm really, really enjoying it. But I didn't feel the need to speak up. But, you know, that's what they are. So they're caught here, and they're talking, and, and they're just, Peter doesn't know what to say. So he says, let's just build some tabernacles and stay here because it feels really good. Now, isn't it funny that it felt good? So the presence of God was so strong there, and they were in the presence of God so much they could feel the presence of God. They could feel it on them. They're just like, wow, let's just stay here. Okay, so, you know, that's something to think about. When God shows up, it always feels good. How do you know when God's there? Because it feels good. Right? And so this whole thing's taking place. Then things change, and a cloud came and overshadowed them. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. And suddenly when they had looked around, they saw no more anyone but only Jesus with themselves. So the Father shows up. So he shows up too and says, this is my beloved son. So now they hear that and then they look back and everybody's gone. There's Jesus standing there, right? Now when they came down the mountain, so the, what happened after that conversation? What happened? Can you imagine what was going on there? I mean, I just was contemplating this today. What took place? What went on with the disciples and Jesus coming down the hill? I mean, if it would have been me, I would have just been saying, uh, 
Lord, what happened? What just happened? What took place? You know, follow the story, goes on down the hill, they meet the, the man with the, the epileptic boy and, and all the Pharisees down there trying to, you know, get him into doubt and unbelief and everything. And Peter and James and John didn't just run over there and say, we see what happens to the situation. In other words, they were touched by what went on, and this is what I feel like the Lord's saying. We've been in his presence, and we have felt his goodness, and we've loved the worship, and we've been in this place of, of uh, the church, I'm talking about the whole church, not us church, the body of Christ, that we've been in this great worship, and everybody's learned in the presence of God and learned to be in the presence of God. And we've been in this place where we've heard the word of God speaking to us. We've heard the word, we've dealt in the word, we've torn up the word, we've had the word speaking to us. But now we need to come to the place to where we're transformed by what's happened into what God wants us to be. Now, let me show you another scripture. Let me show you what Paul said. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. A new creation. A creation that can be transformed. Old things have passed away, but all things have become new. Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and committed to unto us the word of reconciliation. Now we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God were pleading through us to implore to you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ. A new creation, a new creation that becomes an ambassador for God, a new creation that begins to speak forth for God, a new creation that is the righteousness of God, a new creation that is compelled by the love of God, a new creation that realizes that Jesus died for us all, a new creation that's transformed. I believe that in 2020, God is wanting to take us into a transformation place. I'm not saying we're all going to come to church and everybody's garments are going to glow white. Hey, it'd be cool if it does, because it'd be a good place. It'd feel good. But I think it's a place of transformation. I think God's trying to take us to a new level, a new place in life, a new place in Him, that He wants to take us to this place to where we're visiting with the Holy Spirit. Now think about this. Elijah and Moses came. They were had died, so they weren't. Moses and Elijah were not in bodily form as Jesus would have been. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just saying, saying they were spiritual bodies. Something was different. But Jesus was physical. And the physical body was visiting with the spiritual body. And my point is, the Holy Spirit wants to visit with us and break through that dimension of us in the natural realm and just being natural men who just don't know what to say and don't know what to do, so we just kind of do something. And God wants to transform us to be more like Him. 
And in doing that, there's going to be more of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I believe in 2020, the Holy Spirit wants to come and invade people's lives, invade people's homes, see things happen, do things that are miraculous. I believe he wants to, the Father wants to come and give greater revelation of Jesus. In 2020, the Holy Ghost wants to come in and just start showing you things that you didn't have any idea about. And he wants to come in and speak to you. He wants to come in there and show you things. He wants to come in there and, and open up the realm so you won't be looking in the natural anymore, but you're going to be looking in the spiritual. That you'll be a person that begins to call things that not as though they are. You're going to be able to see things by the Spirit, not by the flesh. You hear what I'm saying? Be able to call things your vision. The vision becomes a vision that you have a spiritual vision. And that you become transformed. And I got to thinking about the word transformed. And, and you know, we always have used the example like a butterfly and all. But... We all know what a transformer is, you know, hangs up on the pole, and there's either, now correct me if I'm much wrong here, but a transformer either steps up power or steps down power. Is that pretty close? And so what I think God wants to do is he wants you to be that transformer. Sometimes they're going to step down the power to help people out that don't know anything, and sometimes they're going to be stepping up the power. But God wants us to be transformed and be transformers. That we're carrying the current from heaven to earth. And you say, well, how's this all going to look? I haven't the slightest idea. I'm just preaching. All right? I'm just preaching what I'm feeling in my spirit about 2020. And so I just know it's going to be good. I just know it's time for us to dig down into the things of God. I know it's time to look for the supernatural, look for what God's doing in our lives, look for the things that are just, you know, we read about in the Bible, to be manifesting in our daily lives. Praying for the sick, they just get well. Praying for people in poverty and they come into abundance. Praying for people who are about to get a divorce because they hate each other and all of a sudden love flows in their lives. This is what I'm talking about, transforming. All right? Having words of wisdom and knowledge for people. Flowing and operating the things of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, I settle for that. I don't know about y'all. Maybe, you know, there's maybe, you know, there's there's more, but I'll I'll settle for a life like that and a church like that. That every person that comes to church gets healed and saved and delivered, set free. That I'm telling y'all, I I believe this and I'm not I'm not gonna give up on it. I'm not going to change my ways. And y'all may, you know, I just may go down and y'all say, Robert, I can't believe you never changed. But I'm just telling you, I do not want to see the great transformation of the church take place because of me. I want to see the transformation of the church take place right in the pew. I want you when I say, you know, reach over there and pray for that person beside you. Then the next thing you know, that person goes to squealing because their leg just grew or their eye just popped open or they're just whatever happened because you were just laying there praying for the person, laid hands on them. I want to see it happen out here in the congregation before it even gets in there. I just want to sit back and just kind of referee. I just want to be the referee. Now, there's too many of you on that one. Get over here on this one. <laughs> That's what I want to be. I just want to be the referee. I'll throw the flag. Stop. Get back over there. And just see the miracle hand of God moving. And I'm telling you, and I know I'm prophesying right on this one, 
In 2020, we're closer than we were in 2019. I'm 100% right on that one. All right? So I want you just to, you know, take this, look at it, read it, pray over it, mull on it, chew on it, and uh, see what God starts revealing to you. Go have a beautiful Christmas, your family. Of course, we have church on, a, on Sunday mornings, you know, but I'm just saying the next couple of Wednesdays, you home folk, you're not going to be here. And then we'll come back, whatever it'll be, January of 2020, whatever the Wednesday night is, and uh, take off. Amen? Praise God. All right, well, Bill, let's take up our offering. <coughs> Excuse me. If you need one, he'll get you one. Put your hand on your offering. Father, I just declare in Jesus' name, these are the wealthiest people on the face of the earth. They are blessed beyond their wildest dreams and imaginations. I declare, Lord, even this Christmas is the greatest Christmas they'll ever have. Lord, I just declare that this, this, this year is going to end in a bang. This year is going to end in good things. This year is going to end in just glory. I declare when the fireworks go off on New Year's, Lord, the fireworks go off in everybody's finances, that they're blessed, that they go into 2020 and see more amazing things happen than they've ever seen before in life. And Lord, I just believe you for the supernatural in all of their finances, that you just do things that are amazing and wild. And Lord, I praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.